does happen in the world. I'm your host, the Wizard of Wars, Benji Wozniak. And on this episode, I'm going to read you two stories. Both are set in the 80s, and they have uh, comedy and romance and just fun. So the first one's entitled uh, A Common Christmas. And uh, let's go. Steve stared as Tamei laid before him, moving her arms up and down. They had only been going out for three months, but she mesmerized him. He honestly had no plans on asking her to be his girlfriend. When he first met her, it was her best friend Grace, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl who in all rights was supposed to be the girl he hooked up with. The black-haired Filipino girl hadn't even been a second thought to him. If Grace didn't have detention that day, that's how it probably would have ended up. However, she did, and when him and Teme went back to his house to wait, one thing led to another, and a tickle fight turned into a kissing match. She wasn't who he wanted. She wasn't who he had been looking for. But now she seemed to be all he ever needed. You're going to catch a death of cold, he said, smiling down at her. Not to mention you look ridiculous. I'm making a snow angel, she said as she stood up and shook off the snow from her back. So how did I do? Steve looked at the place where the impression of the snow angel was and started laughing. What's so funny, Tamei asked, looking at him confused. Didn't it turn out all right? Sure, Steve smiled. I just didn't know angels had horns and a pointed tail. Oh, you're such a jerk, Tamei said, as she hit him playfully on his chest with her snow-covered mittens. The snowy mist coming off her mittens made him laugh even harder. He spun her to him and held her close as they both looked down at her creation. I'm glad we came. I'm having a really good time. I've never been on a Boston Common during Christmas time. It's really pretty, she said, leaning her head back against his. Yeah, it's pretty cool how they strung up all the Christmas lights and hung all the different decorations around the Common's light poles. I wasn't sure I was going to like it, but I'm glad we came too, he replied as he took her hand and they continued walking. During Christmas, a large tree is decorated in front of the Boston State House. One of the time-honored traditions in the city of Boston is the lighting of this tree. The whole city comes alive for the event, and you can watch ice sculptures being formed or listen to the carolers sing on the steps of the State House. A large portion of the commons is watered, frozen, and smooth to create a nice skating area. I've been thinking, Tamei said as they walked. Did you know that all great relationships have a song? We've only been going out three months, Steve replied. I mean, I don't really think we've reached great status as far as relationships go. So you don't think we have a great relationship, Tamei said, stopping and staring at Steve with a pouty face, making her lower lip puff in and out as she spoke. I didn't say that, Steve said. I knew you'd agree, Tamei said, grabbing his arm and moving him along before he could finish saying anything else. So we need to decide a song. I like Journeys Faithfully. What do you think? Honestly, I have no idea. This is all new to me. How about that love song by Guns N' Roses? It sounds decent. Steve replied confused. You do know he's talking about his dog and how he had to put it down, right? Tamei said with a puzzled look on her face. Do I look like a dog to you? Well, you do have a nice tail, Steve replied with a smile. That's it, Tamei said, throwing her hands up in the air. It's official. You're a pig. Hey, I was only kidding, Steve said, trying to hold back a laugh. Look, Faithfully by Journey is fine. I like it. I knew you would. I mean, it's perfect. It's about a love that's eternal. It fits us to a T. It's so adorable, Tamei said with a big grin on her face. Adorable what? Steve asked as he stopped walking and looked at her questioningly. Adorable, Tamei replied. It means beyond adorable. Look, I'm failing English, but I'm sure that that's not a real word, Steve said, shaking his head. It's my word, and that's all that matters, Tamei replied. Oh, look, Santa hats. Steve had to excuse himself and Tamei as she dragged him through the crowd of sightseers to a vending stand. The man behind the counter was heavy set and balding. Steve could tell he'd been attending the stand for a while because his cheeks were bright red. Am I reading that sign right, Steve asked? Does that sign say $12 for a hat? Yeah. And for another $2, I can put the lovely lady's name on it with glitter, the vendor replied. $14, Steve said in shock. That's a case of beer and a few munchies. What? Tamei asked, looking at him with a lost look on her face. What are you talking about? Man math, Steve and the vendor said at the same time. Excuse me? Tamei said, as she stared at both of them waiting for them to explain. Man math, Steve replied with a smile. It's when a girl wants a man to buy her something. And we think of what else we could buy with the money. But don't you think I look cute in one of these? Tamei said, taking one of the hats off the counter and putting it on her head. 
trigonometry, the vendor laughed. Now what's that? May asked, placing both hands on her hips and scrunching up her face in a fake expression of anger. Trigonometry is when a girl resorts to trying to get a man to buy her something by saying how sexy or cute they look in the objects, he replied. Fine. I don't want the stupid hat anyway, Tamei said, putting the hat back on the counter. I just thought you'd like how it looked on me, that's all. Oh, she's good, the vendor said with a laugh. She's a keeper, son. One hat with her name on it, please, Steve said as he reached into his sock to pull out his money. Why do you have a wallet in your back pocket, but keep your money in your sock, Tamei asked. It's so if someone swipes my wallet, all they'll get is the empty wallet and not my money, Steve said as he paid the vendor and explained how to spell Tamei's name so it could be put on the hat with glitter. Thank you. Tamei said to the vendor as she placed the finished hat on her head and skipped down the path. She stopped and looked back over her shoulder with an impish grin. Are you coming or not? You are in for it with that one, my friend, the vendor said with a laugh. But I'll say this again, she's definitely a keeper. Yeah, you're right about that. Have a Merry Christmas, Steve said as he raced off to catch up with Tamei. When he caught up to her, she was standing on the edge of the ice skating area. She was leaning against a tree watching the people sail across the ice. Some looked so graceful, it seemed as if they were born with skates on their feet, and others looked as if they were beyond terrified to be out on the ice. Do you know how to ice skate? Tamei asked as she turned to him and moved closer. In my case, it's more walk than actual skate, Steve laughed. I've never been good at ice skating. Now, roller skating, I must admit I'm really good at. Then you'll have to take me roller skating sometime, Tamei said as she grabbed his hand and led him down the path. Absolutely. I can't think of anyone I'd rather couple skate with, Steve said with a smile as he took her arm in his as they walked. Besides, we'll be able to request our song while we skate. I've been thinking, Tamei said with an impish smile on her face as she looked over at him. Oh God, I'm in trouble, Steve said, trying to hold back a laugh. You're not funny, Tamei replied with a pouty expression on her face. Who's joking, Steve smiled. Whenever you say you've been thinking, I'm usually in for it. It's just that now that we have a song, we should have special names for each other, Tamei said with a smile on her face. Wait, are you suggesting that we call each other sappy names like Snuggle Bunny or something? Steve asked, stopping and looking over at Tamei as if she'd lost her mind. Don't look at me like that. In every great relationship, they had pet names for each other, Tamei said to him, as if this was common knowledge everybody should know. Was I supposed to get an instruction manual or something when I asked you out, Steve said with a smile, because I've never heard any of this stuff before. I didn't expect you to know this stuff. You're a guy, Tamei said. But now that you have me, I can steer you right. I heard about your type, Steve laughed. What type is that? Tamei asked, looking at him confused. You're going to suggest that I change my hairstyle, then maybe how I dress, or the music I listen to, and then, once I do all that, you'll turn around and dump me because I'm no longer the guy you fell in love with. Steve started to laugh. You're a jerk, Tamei said as she crossed her arms and turned her back on him. Hey! I'm only joking, Steve said gently, placing his hand on her shoulder. I'd love to hear what your idea for pet names are. I knew you would, Tamei said, spinning around towards him with a big grin. Okay, with your brown hair and hazel eyes, I decided Pookie would be a great name for you. Pooh what? Steve asked with a confused look on his face. What kind of name is that? Pookie. He's Garfield's teddy bear. Tamei smiled. He's so soft and cuddly. Don't you want to be my Pookie bear? Hell no, Steve said, shaking his head. That's way too wimpy. You need to think of another name. Okay, fine, Tamei said with a devious look on her face. I'll just tell all your friends and mine how adorable you are. You wouldn't, Steve said with a shocked look on his face. We'll see, Tamei said with a smile. So how do you spell that? Is it with an I-E or a Y? Steve asked in a defeated tone. That would be with an E-Y, Tamei said, taking his arm in hers and continuing down the path. So what name do you think would be best for me? Evil, Steve laughed. I'm going to ignore that, Tamei said with a smile. I know it's just the cold weather whopping your train of thought. Touche, Steve replied jokingly. I was thinking of something along the lines of cuddles. I like it, Tamei said happily. Pookie loves cuddles. It has sort of a rhyme to it. Now, these pet names are just between us, right? I mean, you're not going to call me that name around everyone, are you? Steve asked, looking at her concerned. 
Oh, calm down. I wouldn't embarrass you like that. Those names are strictly between us, Tamei laughed. But a little blackmail never hurt. I'm still leaning towards evil, Steve replied as he pulled her close to him. As they got closer to the Boston State House, they could see the Golden Dome. They could hear the crowd counting down to the lighting of the Christmas tree. Steve didn't know who started the countdown, or even if the number they were yelling was correct. However, when the crowd reached zero, the whole tree burst into a dazzle of different colored lights. The large star on the top was a bright gold, and the whole crowd let out a collective awe at the sight of it. Have you ever seen anything so beautiful? It just takes your breath away, Timmy asked, leaning into him. Yeah, I actually have, Steve replied, but his eyes weren't looking at the tree. So when I wrote this story, it was actually just a one-off, and uh, people that read it actually liked the dialogue between the two characters, Timmy and Steve. So when they were finished, they'd look at me and they'd say, what's next? When, it's, when in your mind it's a one-off, you don't really know what's next. So I had to come up with another story to continue the telling of this relationship between Steve and Tamei. So I come up with uh, this story called The Cold Hard Truth. Steve crouched behind the old station wagon and stayed up at the streetlight. The light had turned red and the car was stopped waiting for it to change. Steve raced out once the light turned green and grabbed onto the car's rear bumper. As he was sliding down the ice-covered street with the car, he looked back and saw that Tamei hadn't budged from where he left her. So he released his grip from the bumper and slid to the sidewalk. What gives, he asked, as he raced back to where she was standing. You were supposed to do exactly what I did. Are you insane? Tamei yelled, staring at him angrily. You could have been killed. I, Steve started to say what was cut off. I, nothing. If you fell on that ice, the car behind you would have ran you over and killed you. Do you think I came out in this cold to see my boyfriend get squashed like a bug? Is that what you were thinking when you asked me to come out? Well, is it? She demanded with her arms now folded and a new upgrade on her face from angry to furious. Steve really wanted to laugh but knew better. It was just that Tamei looked so cute. She was all bundled up, tucked her from the cold. Her long black hair was sticking out of a black stocking cap with a ball on top. Her cheeks and nose were red from the short time it took to walk from his house to the where they were on Franklin Street. I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to scare you, honestly. He said as he sighed and walked over and gave her a hug. Well, you did, you big jerk. Is that what you and your friends do for fun? You see who can commit suicide the fastest? She said, pulling out of his gripping staring at him questioningly. It's called car hopping. And we do it every winter. The only dangers are if you hit a manhole cover and wipe. I can't even begin to tell you how often I bruised a hip or an elbow from wiping and hitting the street. Then there's cab drivers. You don't want to grab onto a cab driver's bumper. Because if they see you, they will literally stop the car and chase you away. He told her with a smile. I'm in love with a lunatic. Tamei sighed, raising a mitten to her temple as if she had a sudden headache and walked past Steve. Hey, come on, Tam, he said as he jogged to catch up to her. You're the one who wanted to know what me and my friends do for fun. You honestly don't see the danger in what you're doing, Tamei asked as they walked. Well, yeah, I guess, but... But that's kind of what makes it fun. It's the danger, I guess, and not to mention the challenge. You have to sneak up on the car without them seeing you, then grab onto their bumper as the car speeds up and you slide down the street. I think you'd like it if you gave it a try, he said, as they made their way down Franklin Street and towards Central Square Lynn. Nope, hard pass. But are there other things like this you and your friends do that I should know about, she asked. Well, we do go up to the train tracks and snow jump, he replied, hoping she wouldn't ask him for details. That doesn't sound so bad. What exactly do you guys do, she asked with a smile. Damn it, Steve thought to himself. He should have never mentioned it. He could always lie about what it was, but that wouldn't be right. He was always told that relationships were built on trust. He didn't want to break the trust him and Tamei had. Well, we go up onto the railroad tracks and we wait for a train to come by and slow down. Then we run out and grab onto the rails and as the train speeds up, we jump off into snowbanks. He said with a sigh, lowering his head and waiting for her response. Have I mentioned you're a lunatic, Tamei said, shaking her head in disbelief. Yeah, you covered that already, Steve laughed. Good, because I wouldn't want you to think that the things you were doing are intelligent decisions, Tamei said with concern in her voice. Hey, come on, you mean to tell me you haven't done anything like what me and my friends do, he asked. I've gone to the reservoir and jumped off the pump house in the summer, she said with a smile. You see, that's dangerous, Steve replied as he reached down and held her hand as they walked. 
Only if you jump on the side where the water intake is. But no one's dumb enough to do that, she said as she leaned close to him. So have any of your friends gotten hurt snow jumping? Not on the train tracks, but my friend Kenny got hurt doing something like it. Steve said, really wishing that lying was an option. So what exactly happened, Tamei asked, with a look on her face that said this story was going to vindicate her point to Steve. Okay, a bunch of us climbed a building that the plows pushed a bunch of snow against. So we could actually jump off the roof into these snowbanks. The thing is, when Kenny jumped, he landed on a snow-covered dumpster. Once Steve said it, he knew he lost any justification of the things him and his friends do for fun. Oh my god, how bad was he hurt? She asked with a concerned look on her face. Actually, he broke both his legs and fractured his pelvis. He had to wear a cast on the lower part of his body for almost a year, Steve sighed. See? See? That's what I'm talking about. That could have been you, Tamei said, shaking her head. Tam, listen. You're right. But it wasn't. I'm not going to say the stuff we do isn't risky, because it is. The thing is, a lot of the stuff we do is so much fun that we don't care about taking that risk. He said, as if hoping that cleared everything up. Are we going someplace right now that's in that category? She asked sarcastically. We're actually going bucky jumping at Goldfish Pond, he said with a smile. You are so going to have a blast. We're going where to do what? She asked, puzzled. To Goldfish Pond. It's a circular pond with a circular island in the middle. During the summer, they actually put flowers on the island in the shape of a goldfish, and they fill the pond with live goldfish. During the winter, it freezes over, and we break the ice into large chunks and try and run across to the island and then back. He said with a big grin, Bucky jumping. But what if you fall into the water? Won't you catch your death of cold? She asked questioningly. Well, then I guess I better not fall in, he said with a big smile. On second thought, you could come over and spoon-feed me chicken soup when I'm sick. I think I'd like that. You're dead, she giggled. I can see your future, and it doesn't have me spoon-feeding you. Come on, I want to show you something, he said as they crossed the street at Lynn City Hall and headed towards a golden building with large picture windows. Oh, Tem said as she leaned against the picture window and looked at the display cases inside. You wanted to show me rings? Oh my god, Steve, this is so sudden. Wait, no, what? I, um, Steve fumbled. What I wanted to show you was around the corner. It's a bakery. Calm down, Romeo. I was only teasing, Tem said as she walked past him, heading in the direction he indicated the bakery was at. Are you sure you're not trying to give me some sort of hint? Tem asked. What are you talking about, he asked, confused. These are wedding cakes, Tem smiled, pointing at the display in the window. I think you're trying to tell me something. What? No, I, um, Steve fumbled again. You are so adorable when you blush, Tem said as she opened the door and her and Steve walked in. Steve, a gray-haired man with a flowered-covered apron, called out. Who is the pretty thing with you? And where's Tyree? Tyree was Steve's friend from high school, a stocky black teen who collected comic books with Steve. Every day at lunch, they'd walk to the comic book store on Union Street, and on the way, they'd stop in the bakery and get pastries. Hey, Mr. Apotolistus, Steve replied. This is my girlfriend, Tem, and I really don't know where Tyree's at, but I'll definitely let him know you're asking about him. Well, what can I get you two today? Mr. Apostolidis asked with a smile. Two elephant ears and two cocos would be great, Steve told them as he reached into his sock for money. What are elephant ears? Tem asked. Big circular pasties with cinnamon and raisins. You're going to love them, Steve said. Sounds yummy. Ooh, macaroons, Tem said as she moved over to one of the display cases. And four macaroons, Steve added. Sure, sure, Steve, Mr. Apostolidis said with a laugh, placing his thumb and forefinger to his forehead, then collecting the items. Did you just call me a loser? Steve asked in an agitated voice when Mr. Apostolidis returned. No, no, that's the thumb straight up and down on your forehead. What I did was tilt it sideways like a checkmark for checkmate, Mr. Apostolidis laughed. You mean like in chess? Steve asked, really confused. Exactly, and that cute girl over there has you in checkmate, son. You can see it written all over your face. Game over. She's captured your heart, Mr. Apostolidis smiled. Don't let it get to you though it happens to the best of us check tem giggled as she made the sign and put it against her forehead then kissed steve on the cheek now nah, look at you started steve said as he finished paying and started to leave goodbye mr apostolitas tim said as she opened the door and started to leave they could hear mr apostolitas say goodbye to them as the door closed he seems nice tem said 
Yeah, he's pretty decent, Steve replied, as they ate their pastries and drank their cocoa. They walked for a little bit until they got into the central square, then they turned onto Union Street. At night, the street is supposed to be filled with drug addicts and hookers, Tem said, looking around as if it was already nighttime and these people were going to jump out from the shadows at them. Yeah, but most of them aren't so bad, Steve said, shrugging his shoulders. They just have issues. Some are hooked on different kinds of drugs, and others just can't get decent jobs, so they make money any way they can. That's absolutely ridiculous. There's plenty of better and legal ways for them to make money. They just choose not to, Tem said with disgust in her voice. Well, I guess, Steve said. The thing is, I don't think it's my place to judge, and I really don't think you should judge them either. I mean, you wouldn't like it if people judged you, would you? Hello, have you looked at me, Tem said, aggravated. Of course I have, Steve replied, confused. How could I not look at you? You're beautiful. You think I'm beautiful. Many people don't, Tem said angrily. I'm Filipino. So what's your point, Steve asked? My point is this. All my life I've been made fun of because of my looks. I've been called slant-eye, gook, chink, and numerous other insults that I care not to talk about. I could have used any and all of that to make excuses to do the wrong things, but I haven't, and neither should they, Tem said angrily. They continued down Union Street without speaking a word to one another, both reflecting on what the other had said. I bought you a shirt, Tem finally said. I think it'll look nice on you. Oh boy, I was waiting for this, Steve said, shaking his head. What? What are you talking about, Tem asked. First, you're going to suggest I change the way I dress. Then suggest my hair would look better if I did it differently. Then you're going to suggest I might like a different style of music. Then once all these changes are made, you're going to break up me because I'm no longer the person you fell in love with, Steve sighed dramatically. Are you joking? Tem asked with aggravation. Because you're not funny. No, no, you're right. It's not funny, because if I'm no longer the person I started as, and I don't know who I've become, I'll be lost. Lost! Steve moaned and threw his arm up to his head in a dramatic fashion. You're a jerk, Tem said, releasing his hand and storming ahead. Hey! I was only playing, Steve said as he chased up to her and wrapped his arms around her. You know I was only kidding. You know I don't play games, she said, moving to his side and taking his hand again. Well, I do, he said. Oh, really, she replied with a fake, angry look on her face. Sure, PlayStation, Nintendo, Monopoly, all kinds of games, he laughed. Those weren't the games I was talking about, she sighed in frustration. I know, I know, I was only teasing, Steve said with a smile. I know you love me, and I love you too. Why, she asked. Why what, Steve asked, perplexed. Why do you love me, she asked with a serious look on her face. And I don't want to hear because you're you, or anything like that. I want you to tell me something specific that makes you love me. Fine, I'll tell you a few things, he said happily. I love that when you lay on my pillow, it smells like you. And after you leave and go home, it still smells like you. I love holding you close to me and knowing that you can feel how my heart beats when I'm with you. I love that the other night when we accidentally fell asleep on the phone, when I woke up, you were still on the other end. It made me realize that you're the last voice I want to hear at night and the first voice that I want to hear first thing in the morning. And last but not least, how we can both challenge each other verbally and not get mad at one another. He sighed. I think you bring out the best in me. Oh, Pookie, that was so sweet, she finally said after a few minutes and kissed him on the cheek. Hey, watch that, Steve yelled out. Watch what? Tamei said, looking around confused. The whole Pookie thing, Steve said, looking around to see if anyone was in earshot of the conversation. Remember? That's supposed to be just between us. I don't want anybody accidentally hearing that. I'd never hear the end of it. They had come to the end of Union Street and took a right onto Chestnut Street. Oh, stop. You're being silly, she laughed. So now it's your turn, Steve smiled. Why do you love me? It's a secret, Tamei laughed. What? What do you mean, Steve asked confused. You're not going to tell me? Nope, Tamei giggled. Our girls got to have secrets. Hey, I just spilled my guts to you, Steve said agitated. And it was really sweet, Tamei smiled. I'll tell you why I love you, just not right now, okay? Fine, but I was right about your nickname, Steve said. Cuddles? Tamei said happily. Nope. Evil, Steve replied in a mockingly creepy voice. They both laughed as they took a left at an intersection. Tamei could see a small crowd gathered around a little pond. They crossed the street and stood next to a park bench. As they stood there, a man jumped from one piece of floating ice onto another until he made it safely to the island in the middle. Then he repeated the process till he was back on the side they were on. Steve! A short blonde teen yelled and jogged over to where they were standing. Hey Todd, what's up? Steve said. Just chilling. Literally, Todd laughed. So who's your friend? 
Todd, I want to introduce you to my girlfriend, Tamay, Steve said proudly. Oh, hey, what's up? Todd said, looking at Tamay curiously. Well, come on, let's get you introduced to the rest of the guys. They walked over to a small group of teens that were watching another teen jump from one piece of ice to another. Guys, this is Steve's girlfriend, Tamay, Todd announced as they approached the group. Hey, I'm Jason, a tall, skinny teen said with long black hair. What's up? A short teen with long black hair said, I'm Peter. Greg, a short teen with blonde hair said, holding up his hand in a mock wave. I'm Lance, another team with brown hair said, and that's my brother Tony crossing the ice right now. Hey, Tony said as he jumped from the floating ice to where they were standing. Tony was clearly older, but the two of them looked very much alike. Hey, it's nice to finally meet you all. Steve talks about you all the time, Tamay said with a smile. So are you going to give it a try? Lance asked, pointing at the ice. No way, Tamay laughed. I just came to watch. Suit yourself, Todd said as he jumped from the way they were standing onto the ice and towards the island. I'll be right back. Watch, Steve said as he followed Todd onto the ice. Tamay couldn't help but notice that Steve's friends had moved away from where she was standing. She could see them talking amongst themselves and glancing over at her. She had seen this behavior amongst other kids her own age all her life. They had already decided they weren't going to accept her. It didn't matter to them that she was Steve's girlfriend. All that mattered to them was that she wasn't white. A part of her wanted to run off and get away from these people, but she didn't want to hurt Steve's feelings. She knew how badly he wanted her to meet his friends and how really disappointed he would be. Then again, maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he knew all along how they would treat her and set this whole thing up. It wouldn't be the first time that someone pretended to like her so she could be the blunt of a cruel joke. No, deep down in her heart, she just couldn't bring herself to believe that. Steve was different and treated her as someone special. The only problem was, once Steve's friends told him how they felt about her, he'd probably break up with her. Hopefully, he wouldn't do it in front of them and embarrass her. Would he even have the decency to take her home? God, this was going to hurt so much. She really was deeply in love with Steve. She heard a laugh and looked over at Steve's friends who quickly turned their heads. Tamay watched as Steve and his friends continually crossed the ice onto the island and back. She couldn't tell much time had gone by, but she was really getting cold. She couldn't help but smile as Steve happily made his way over to her. So what do you think? Steve asked with a big grin on his face. It looks fun, Tamay said through chattering teeth. Oh my god, Tam, your lips are blue. You're frozen, Steve said with concern. Come on, we've got to get you home. No, it's okay. I'm fine, really, Tam said with a shiver. Tam, I wanted to show you what Bucky jumping was. Well, you've seen it. You're freezing. We're leaving. End of story, Steve said firmly. Besides, I don't want to have to feed you chicken soup in bed. Tomato soup and grilled cheese, Tam said with a smile and a chatter of teeth. What? Steve asked. I don't like chicken soup. I like tomato soup with grilled cheese, Tam said with a laugh. Whatever, we're getting you home and warm, Steve said with a smile as he turned and headed over to his friends. Hey guys, Tam's freezing, so I'm going to take her home. Steve said as he reached his friends. Yeah, that's cool, Todd replied. Hey, are you coming down this weekend? I think so, why? What's up? Steve asked as he was trying to hurry the conversation along so he could leave. Just you, right? Jason asked with emphasis. I think so, why? Steve asked confused. To be honest, we don't want you to bring Tamay around here anymore, Todd said trying not to look Steve in the eyes. Yeah, she's not one of us, Lance said with disgust in his voice. And she has a funny smell about her. What are you guys talking about? Steve asked looking around in confusion. We understand that you're trying to order some Chinese takeout, Todd said with a smile. What? Steve said angrily. You know, get in her pants, sleep with her, and that's cool with us. You just have to bring the gook around, Lance said as he looked towards Tamay. Steve turned and walked away furious. He could hear his friends saying they'd see him this weekend. When he reached Tamay, he tried his best not to look angry as he took her hand and led her out of the park. They hadn't spoken to each other during the whole walk it took them to get to Union Street. Steve was busy thinking about what his friends had said about Tamay. Even after hearing it all, it was still hard for him to grasp the cold hard truth that his friends were bigots. What made matters worse was, had he not met Tamay and got to know her, would he behave like his friends? These were his friends growing up. Whenever they did something, they did it together, as a group. In a way, they were more like brothers than friends. Are you okay? Tamay asked, breaking the silence between them. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I just got something I have to do, and it's just going to be hard to do, Steve said sadly. Well, if it's for the best, you should do it, Tamay said softly. You're absolutely right, Steve said, stopping her and looking her in the eyes. I have something I have to tell you. Oh, okay, Tamay said, trying to hide the sadness in her voice. Well, I've decided not to come down this way as much. 
I was hoping we could spend more time together. That is if you don't mind, Steve sighed. I, no, I, I wouldn't mind that at all, Timmy stammered in confusion. Uh, I'd like that, actually. Are you okay? You seem kind of rattled, Steve asked, concerned. Is it the cold? Do I need to take you someplace warm fast? No, I just thought you were going to say something else, Timmy said, trying to hide her happiness. Oh, like what? Steve asked, looking at her curiously. I thought you were going to suggest we change our song from Faithfully to that stalker song by the police, Timmy lied. What stalker song by the police, Steve asked, confused. The one that says, every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you, Tamei said, sort of singing along. I like that song, Steve said. That's the stalker song? Just listen to the lyrics. It's sort of creepy, Tamei said, faking a shiver. I guess it could be considered a stalker song if you look at it in a certain way. But why would you think I'd want to change our song to that? Steve asked with a puzzled look on his face. It's never fun when the rabbits got the gun, Tamei said with a laugh and ran up the street. Oh, you were teasing me, Steve said as he chased after her. Okay, okay, okay. Tamei said, trying to catch her breath as Steve wrapped his arms around her. Let me go, I swear I'll behave. Actually, now that I have you, I don't want to let you go, Steve said, pulling her close to him. Are you sure, Steve? Is this what you really want? Tamei asked as she pulled away from him and looked into his eyes. Absolutely, he said with a big smile. I love you, Tamei said with tears in her eyes. I love you too, he said, as he took her hand and continued their walk home. I hope my narrating didn't destroy your view on this story. Uh, as you can tell from the two stories, the characters are slowly learning about each other and, and building trust. So I write a lot of stories about Lynn, my hometown, and there's so much stuff in Lynn that's really beautiful and it has a lot of history. It doesn't get the credit it should really get. Uh, there's a poem that's, you know, Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin, you never come out the way you went in, and people automatically assume it's this bad place. And it has a reputation of actually being bad, but it's like any other place uh, growing up. You learn to love it and you learn to find a lot of stuff in it that's actually very beautiful. And if you do the history of Lynn, you'll see there's so many things that you should go visit and see. There's the Lynn Woods, there's uh, Dungeon Rock, there's Red Rock, and all of them I put into my stories. So, And as far as these characters go, I do plan on doing more with them. Uh, I enjoy the dialogue between them and the growth, so there'll be more with them. I'll be doing more podcasts with Kira, so there's a lot of fun stuff coming ahead. So uh, I encourage you to tune in next time and find out what's happening.